Hello, and thank you for joining us on the Stay Healthy Knoxville podcast, brought to you by Simply Physio, aimed at helping you live an enjoyable, fit, and healthy life in and around our community of Knoxville, Tennessee. And now, here is your host, Dr. John Mark Chesney. Welcome to Stay Healthy Knoxville. I'm um, excited to introduce our guest today, Dr. Ray Ann Ao. She's a board-certified family medicine practitioner, uh, is living her lifelong dream of serving the complete healthcare needs of her community. She understands that one size does not fit all when it comes to patient care, which is why she offers concierge medicine services at her private practice, which we'll be talking about the first half, uh, half of our show. Uh, her name of her practice is Family Health Center, PLLC, and it is here in Farragut, Tennessee. Uh, Dr. Ayo knew she wanted to pursue medicine from her earliest memories, originally from New Orleans. Dr. Ayo stayed in her hometown for uh, medical school and earned her degree from Louisiana State University School of Medicine. Advancing through school and into her residency, she felt drawn to the role of family practitioner. Though she knew there were higher profile fields, she loved the unique opportunity to truly connect with her community where she lives and works. After com- completing her residency in family medicine at the University of Tennessee Medical Center in Knoxville, Dr. Ayo went on to pursue her fellowship training in age management medicine from the Foundation for Care Management and the Kinogenics Education and Research Foundation. Uh, Dr. Ayo is currently in a fellowship program for functional medicine. And um, she opened Family Health Center uh, with the goal of providing her community with the personal attention and medical solutions they need. She loves the fact that every day is different and enjoys being more than just a doctor for her patients, whether it's a shoulder to cry on or an ear to listen. Dr. Ayo offers her patients the individual care and attention they need each day. Her personal philosophy is to treat others the way she wants to be treated which extends not only to her patients, but her caring and professional team as well. Uh, when she's not working with patients, Dr. Ayo loves reading, cooking, good food, and spending time with her three growing sons, uh, her oldest, which she'll be going to watch soccer here once we finish our recording. Welcome uh, to the show, Dr. Ayo. Thanks for having me. Definitely, definitely. Well, um, we like to um, to get started just uh, really hearing the story behind the story and um uh, just how you got interested in medicine and what really drew you to uh, a family practitioner type of medicine. Okay. So when I was young, um, I had a sibling, a younger sister. She was three years younger than I was, and she was born with a congenital heart disease. Mm-hmm. And so she was always in and out of hospitals. And I there was a couple of doctors who really took special interest in her and um, – it made a, a world of difference to my family. Mm. And uh, she did pass away when she was eight and I was 11. Mm, wow. But always I just I felt that their interaction with my family was, was absolutely spectacular. So, and I like science. And so that was always just, that's what I wanted to do is grow up to be a doctor. Now, family medicine, um, I didn't know what I wanted to do in medical school. I was like, well... We'll just play it by ear, you know, and learn about all these things. And you, then you start rotating and doing all your clinicals and different slots. And you have to make some decision as far as what residency to apply to. <clears throat> and 
I just gave myself until the last minute almost. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because you're so tired at those at that point and some of these rotations I just couldn't wait for them to end. Mm -hmm. But uh family medicine um I woke up on the last day and I still liked it. Mm. And so I didn't hate it and I was like, "Oh, maybe That's maybe this thing. is <laughs> yeah, this is what I want to do." So, and the, my mentor at the time, we did a lot of stuff. We delivered babies. He was a surgery uh, resident prior to doing family medicine. So he did a lot of procedures in the office. And so it was constantly changing. So you never knew what was behind the door that day. And that kept it interesting. It kept it like, I'm, I know that I'm not going to do the same thing. And, and it's not that you, that specialists do the same thing for everybody. That's not true. It's just, mm -hmm your neurology you know you're going to do neurology that mm -hmm. day i might do you know colds and pediatrics and do procedures and so my day is pretty varied mm -hmm. and that's why i like that a lot yeah kind yeah. of keeps you on your toes but also i'm sure it keeps you engaged and and learning too yeah there's a lot of questions mm -hmm. so yeah. um so yeah so you um what you you got up to Knoxville by way of was it your fellowship program? My residency, residency program. Mm -hmm. yep. Okay, and then from there just stuck around. Yep, had uh, one child in residency, and then got a first job. I had another kid, and then uh, I just I wasn't as happy as I wanted to be as an employed physician. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, kind of hung up my own shingle and had a lot of attendings. I was, I'm still clinical faculty at UT in the residency. And at the time, uh, some faculty were like, you know, you're nuts. Like nobody does that anymore. To hang up your own shingle. Right. And, and <laughs> when was this? When did you actually? January of 08. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So about 10. 11 years or, ago. Yeah, 11 years ago. Okay. Yeah, I know. It's a big birthday. <laughs> so, um, but I did and I didn't have any patients and, that's a little weird and scary. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but I still have that very first patient. I remember the very first copay. And I remember uh, that person calling and going, all right, are you going to be around a while? Because I don't want to find another doctor. I go, yes, I'm going to be around. <laughs> and shortly after um, I opened the practice, I found out I was pregnant with my third child. Mm -hmm. So I was like, beautiful timing. <laughs> Open a practice, and uh, yeah, I'm going to take a couple months off in a year, okay? So, uh, but it all worked out, and uh, we're still around 11 years later, which is great. Mm. So, Now, I know a little bit of about your practice, um, but I'm sure most of our listeners do not. So, um, you know, part of it is if you explain to um, our listeners um, how it's set up uniquely than maybe just your traditional um, yeah, uh, maybe it's easier if I just go through the progression of how I came to changing it. Sure. Yeah. So you start off a traditional traditional setup. medicine. Yeah, mm -hmm. because when you have no patients, you just want anybody to come in the door, mm -hmm. right? And word of mouth and very minimal advertising uh, is. I'm very blessed, and so the practice grew, and uh, over time, I got to where I had 3,600 patients, individual patients. And and you were the, the sole physician. Yeah, I'm, I'm the only person there, right? And uh, so it, the way I wanted to run the practice and why I started it was because I wanted that customer service 
and that individual attention and where nobody has to, you know, when you call in, have to go to a computerized phone tree. Mm-hmm. You get a person and mm-hmm. that if you're sick, we want to be able to see you the same day. Mm-hmm. And because again, that's kind of how I would want it. You know, if I'm sure. sick, I don't want to be seen in three days. Mm-hmm. I'm either going to be dead or better, mm-hmm. whatever. So, like I said, the practice grew, but at that same time, delivering that level of customer service and patient care, wait times were getting longer. Sure. Um, There's only so much you can do with yeah. that, that many people. In right, and, and if somebody was having a rough day and needed me, I'm, I, cause it, and it took a little longer in the room because they were really having a tough time, mm-hmm. I'm just not that type of person going like, I need you to hold that, and I'll be back next week, or please come back next week and we can talk about mm-hmm. that. So, you know, for for various reasons, you know, the wait time got longer and seeing 25, 30 patients a day, and you needed to see that just because of decreased reimbursements mm-hmm. from insurance, et cetera. So it's, it's a business production. Mm-hmm. So, but I didn't want my production to be shorter timeframes for people's healthcare. Sure. So over the years... I've been reading through medical economics about concierge medicine or boutique medicine or direct patient care. I mean, you can call it a bunch of different things, Mm -hmm. but the idea is that you have a smaller patient panel Mm -hmm. and you're able to give longer appointment times and do different, um, a different level of, you know, medical care for them. Care and service and attention. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, two and a half years ago, I changed that my practice model from traditional seeing 25, 30 people a day to a concierge practice where still accept insurance and still bill insurance, but um, there's a membership fee and that membership fee goes towards a personal checkup once a year so that we do extra and uh, deeper dive um, into your healthcare that is covered by that membership fee. And I never bill it to insurance. It also allows me to, um, give people my cell phone number so that they can call and text and it's the same person after hours mm-hmm. every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, and also spend longer time. So your average visit is 40 to 60 minutes long, mm. you know, so we can get a lot done in th- that time frame, and I'm on time. So usually people are coming in the door and they go right back to the room. Mm-hmm. So y- your effectiveness for the patient is, is a lot higher, mm. um, and it allows you allows me anyway to be able to listen to the whole scope of um, what they're going through and mm-hmm. try to find results and and solutions that may work in their life. Versus, yeah, you know, you, you know, we've got to do this and this, and they're going, ah, that is not even functional for where I am in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I also understand the fact that it's not it's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. You know, either. Um, you know, it's not affordable or they, that's not where they needed. Like they're like, I may come in once every four years. Mm-hmm. I don't need that right now. Mm-hmm. You know? So I do have a nurse practitioner and she has the traditional medical model. Um, so it's quicker visits, but again, some people it, it, that's fine for. Mm-hmm. Needs their needs. Um, and right. And so, so that way, like the two legs, the two legs of mm-hmm. it so that nobody needs to feel that they can't come to the office, mm-hmm. you know? So that that's nice. Yeah. So you said about two or three years ago is when you decided to 
uh, change gears mm-hmm. um, and open up the concierge side yeah. of your practice. Yep. Okay. It allowed me also to kind of use the age management fellowship knowledge and now going along with some functional medicine uh, knowledge, and that just takes a little bit more time. Mm-hmm. So it's beneficial that way too. Nice. Was um, you can imagine making like a pretty big change in your practice. Um, like um, how um, how were you as far as like um, was that pretty scary <laughs> making that change or oh yeah did you kind of know what to expect or was were things pretty open ended? Um, I actually worked with a company that helped me transition so that there was somebody in the office trying to help explain. We did some open houses and helped to explain because people that, you know, I've been seeing, I've been their physician for years. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, an obvious and, and legitimate question is why, mm-hmm. why do I have to pay extra? Mm-hmm. And the real life answer is that I wasn't getting sleep. I was get sleeping three hours a night for a year and a half before I made this transition, Mm -hmm. trying to be mom, physician, you know, um, and working all of it in my day, which I really just wasn't being very, yeah, it's Mm -hmm. not. So the real life answer is like, cause I can't do Mm -hmm. this anymore. I can't, this is not a good thing. You you want me to have more than three hours of sleep. Mm -hmm. You know, I want you to have that. And I, you know, so I had to make a change just for, my health also. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's really worked out nicely. I feel, especially for families, it's neat or people that travel a lot for work or pleasure or whatever, but it's nice to have the same person on the other end of the phone or when the school calls and says, Hey, my kid's sick. Well, yeah, you just bring them on in instead of having to wait a couple of days or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's worked out really nicely. Yeah. Um, um, so with, um, with the concierge, um, medicine side with, um, people that are kind of interested in, like, is there a certain like type of, um, client or person who like has certain characteristics that would be kind of a good fit, um, certain values or like, um, if you were to describe your kind of typical kind of clients. They range of, from. Mm-hmm. Just I I need the same person to call because I travel and I'm really busy and I need X Y and Z type of thing because that fits in their lifestyle mm-hmm. uh, to somebody who is just because I have a bunch of kids and I want the same person on the other end of the phone mm-hmm. to uh, somebody who's really interested in preventive health care. Um, not that m- most aren't. It's just that's just another characteristic of somebody who might, you know, this might interest because we're going to do a deeper dive into your healthcare and, and look at it a little differently. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I mean, I work with, you know, specialists like you and mm-hmm. I have, you know, different people that we refer to that have the share that same philosophy. Like I sure. want to keep you healthy and prevent the train wrecks versus adding, well, Hey, I didn't catch that one first, or mm-hmm. then I'm trying to pre- again. It's just kind of prevent the train wreck. Sure, yeah, and yeah. that's. I mean, the same like values. I mean, it's very similar. I very much identify with that, and mm. you know, reason I start up, you know, my practice, you know, to have, be able to offer somebody 
you know, another alternative, you mm-hmm. know, cause they can go, you know, to like, and somebody may be happy with eight minutes with their physician, especially if, you know, maybe they hardly ever go to the physician or, mm-hmm. um, but you know, somebody who just, you know, values you know the time and really, um, able to tap into, I'm sure your expertise, like you can't deliver that. Like when you're kind of hamstrung to like, you know, eight, 10 minute type of, you know, visit, it really, I'm sure boils down the expertise level able to, you know, deliver an appointment when time is such of a, of a crunch. Yeah. I, I don't feel great about, you know, when somebody has like three or four issues going, mm, I don't have time for that today. And I have to ask you to come back because I have to get to the next person to be on time for them. And because everybody's time is important and I hated, you know, when people had to wait. Um, but I think in turn, they knew that if they had a bad day that I would be sitting there with them and wouldn't move mm-hmm. until everything was kind of settled. Mm-hmm. So. so, um, you mentioned, uh, too, that you started a fellowship in uh, functional medicine. Mm-hmm. So, um, or one, I think that really, um, speaks a lot to like what you value, like, you know, being, having had an established practice for 11 years and, um, you know, choosing to jump back into, I'm sure it's a rigorous type of program. Well, thank goodness I have seven years to finish it. So, you know, (laughs) but still, um, that's definitely not everybody has that mentality of, um, you know, it sounds like you really have the love of learning. Uh, cause if you didn't, um, yeah, there's no way that you would venture into, I'm sure, a, a challenging program like that. Yeah. Um, Some of it is self, um, is almost selfish knowledge because, you know, as I'm getting into my 40s and thing, I'm changing and how I heal or how I'm, you know, like, man, why do I want to faceplant my computer every day at 3 o'clock, you know? <laughs> so some of it is almost selfish because obviously I hear it, you know, mm-hmm. from others and like, I gotta start figuring out right. why, what can I do to make this a little bit better? Sure. Um, and then even I'm sure functional medicine, you know, is um, a term that people have heard of, um, but they may not know actually, like, what does that actually mean? How's that different than traditional medicine, functional medicine? So the goal of functional medicine is trying to get to the root cause of diseases or disorders or how your body's responding to the environment that it's in really. Mm-hmm. So it, what I like about it is it still uses evidence-based medicine and things that have studies and things behind it. Um, but it's looking at, okay, we think that diabetes and heart disease is more due to inflammation. Well, what's causing the inflammation? What can we do to change that part? And therefore, help the diabetes and the heart disease Mm -hmm. type of thing. So not necessarily labeling everything because, I mean, you and I know that there are some things in our bodies and people ask me and I look at them and I say, I I just don't know why that is happening right now. Mm -hmm. So I can't, I don't know. I can't label it for you. Um, But we can try to look back and see maybe why it's happening uh, even though I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. but see if we can change the environment of your body and maybe that'll get better. Sure. Are there certain, um, when you talk about changing the environment of somebody's body, are there typical 
methods um, or interventions that to, that happens for how people change that environment? Yeah, people hate it when I say this. <laughs> they always say, well, what can I take or what can I do? And mm-hmm. really, functional medicine is really, really slow medicine, mm-hmm. right? Um, and slow, we have slow mean, time. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. the results like that people see, it takes some time? Yeah, because what we're going to say is, okay, we have to manage your stress better. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, what do I do about that? Meditation, exercise, um, whether that be prayer meditation or a guided meditation, um, food intake. What I mean, what are you exposing your body to? Mm-hmm. So sort of the whole bunch of vegetables come in and not a, not any processed sugar and... I mean, we we know consciously that I know I need to eat more vegetables. I know that this is better for me than mm-hmm. going through the drive through. Mm-hmm. It's not the easiest at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the easiest to try to get eight hours of sleep when mm-hmm. you know you've got kids waking up or kids to go get, and well, the winter formal doesn't end till midnight, mom. I mean, come on, <laughs> so. Um, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, I think, the part that, of course, we all want answers yesterday, and I would love to give results yesterday, that's for sure. Um, it just doesn't happen that way. Hmm. Yeah. Um, do, um, I'd imagine that um, when the solution oftentimes isn't as complicated as what we feel like it needs to be, that... Um, is that offensive to some or like how they handle it? Um, like kind of saying, Hey, you know, it's not about just making the prescription for the next, you know, medication to cover over the symptoms. Yeah. Yeah. That'll probably take care of the symptoms, but is it what getting root, getting to the root of the issue? Yeah. Sometimes it isn't, Mm -hmm. it's not, it's not as a welcomed answer. It's like, I need you to exercise. I know, I know. You know, or um, starting the meditation and looking at the science behind it. It's interesting, though, to see the the follow-ups when people really do take you seriously and Mm -hmm. really do start to implement that. So, you know, in six weeks, we have blood pressure drops, we have weight loss, Mm -hmm. we have some different things like that. And and those things are really cool. Yeah, yeah. I talk um, like the meditation is um, oftentimes key for people I work with as far as that are in just high kind of stress related pain and tension. Right. Um, And I'm interested in how you recommend like somebody even get started in meditation. If you have any helpful tips um, in that regard. Well, the mindful breathing is easy to start with, and there's different things about that. But I usually recommend some free apps Mm -hmm. initially, like Headspace or Calm, Mm -hmm. and just to at least get started with some of those. Mm -hmm. Some of them are as short as two minutes long, which, of course, we want them to meditate 15 to 20 minutes. But doing that when you're really stressed is... um, out as successful as you know saying don't eat the cookie to mm-hmm. the little kid holding the cookies right so um i just look at people and say look you can give yourself 120 seconds and just start there and just mm-hmm. see what that does just see how you feel right after the 120 seconds mm-hmm. and so 
usually it'll catch on just a little bit. Like, I know I feel better when I do that. I just have to make the time, Mm -hmm. you know, so. Yeah, I know there's a number of studies looking at, you know, people with chronic pain and and mindfulness and Mm -hmm. how, you know, compared to, you know, pain medication and how it's um, really, you know, running, you know, neck and neck with um, often, you know, without all the harmful side effects, you know, like we're in here in Tennessee with the opioid uh, epidemic and, and all that and how um, a lot of people um, don't realize like the power of a clear mind and, um, and unweighting, you know, the mind in that type of practice. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, um, well, great. Um, we're going to take a break uh, to hear a word from our sponsor and to let you guys know the second half of uh, the podcast, we're going to talk, about uh, some women's health um, subjects, um, issues, and uh, if there are any young listeners out there, we would recommend them not listening to the second half. It's more uh, sensitive uh, women's health, so this is more for our adult listeners. Stay Healthy Knoxville is sponsored by Simply Physio, a physio clinic that equips and empowers you to live your life to the fullest so that you can enjoy the things you love to do and be the person you are made to be. Simply Physio specializes in helping people get back to a healthy and active lifestyle, living free from pain and medication and avoiding unnecessary surgery. Stay tuned until the end of the episode to receive a special gift from Simply Physio and enjoy listening to the rest of the episode. Well, welcome back to uh, the second half of our show. So here with Dr. Ao, and we want to transition uh, the rest of the episode to talk about some specific women's health issues. And um, and yeah, interested, in, uh, Dr. Ao, how um, you developed an interest in women's health, like how that all transpired. I think you attract most physicians attract a very similar patient population to themselves, right? Mm-hmm. So. Uh, over time, you know, I've, I have a lot of moms, uh, and a lot of female patients. Um, they drag their husbands in too. So that's how I got male patients. And, um, I also do vasectomies. So, you know, that's just a different, you know, interest of mine. Again, it's kind of variety, but I did that since residency, but the female health, I mean, Again, kind of selfish driven. I mean, I'm female now in my 40s. I've had three kids. I'm trying to at least stay active. You know, I've personally had a hip replacement. So, you know, that's just a whole different thing, a ball game to get over uh, in physical activity, et cetera. Um, but you find that um, even traditional medicine is just not giving you the success rates that you'd want or that your patients wanted, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so you keep coming into these dead ends and sometimes there is no extra road, but sometimes there's a different path Mm -hmm. to take. Uh, one was doing age management. So looking into that and hormones and things like that, that's another different path for female health as far as, you know, face planning into your computer at 30 in the afternoon every day. Mm -hmm. Um, sleeping, you know, with an infant that doesn't sleep, right? So that's a whole being whole sleep deprived. So there's different avenues to try to get there. Um, there's the traditional medicines, um, but over and over, you kind of hit this kind of uh, wall, and sometimes you just don't know where to go. But 
or I don't want to take the those medicines because uh, yeah, I don't have to go to the restroom all the time, but mm-hmm. um, I have a dry mouth. I feel terrible on it. Mm-hmm. So really kind of came out of um, trying to solve the things that I can't solve all the way. Mm-hmm. What kind of problems were you hearing um, issues or complaints, you know, from your female yeah. clients? Kind of stress urinary incontinence, mm-hmm. you know, when you cough or sneeze or try to jump on the trampoline. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, having had three boys and I had that too, mm-hmm. you know, trying to get one more thing done before you go to the bathroom and mm, well, didn't quite make it all the time, you mm-hmm. know, on that one. Um, the other thing is vaginal dryness. Um, just the overall uncomfortable feeling that that has. And then also that it lends toward having painful intercourse. Um, so yeah, there's creams, but, those pose different problems as far as you have to use that, let it absorb, and then, you know, then you can be intimate or um, use it on alternate days or mm-hmm. it's a mess, they're expensive, uh, or use lubrications. Um, so it sometimes people aren't candidates for hormone therapy mm-hmm. or they just don't want it or for whatever reason or they tried it and just didn't like it, whatever. And there's a gray area. There's, you know, when you're 20 and then there's the truly postmenopausal 70, but there's this whole gray area and people go, oh, I don't have to deal with, you know, vaginal dryness or I don't deal with that at all. And I think a follow-up question for me is, does your body keep up with your brain uh, for intimate times? And if that answer is no, like, well, it takes me like 45 minutes or whatever. Well, there's all the gray area, you know, Mm -hmm. would like to try to, get that to be more simultaneous or more in sync. Mm-hmm. So um, it's also pelvic, you know, laxity, or just having carried kids. Um, you don't always have to have them vaginally to have a pelvic floor laxity. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I'd refer to physical therapists sure. a lot for um, pelvic floor training, et cetera. Um, but sometimes that doesn't give you the whole, um, the whole success rate that you'd like to. Mm-hmm. Funny enough, I mean, this actually, this procedure actually found me. And um, I just did my research in it after I was made aware of it. It just was a flash of um, an ad. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, what is that? Mm -hmm. And so it looked like, hey, this might really, really work. You know, And what's the name of this procedure? It's Votiva. Okay. And it's um, the, I guess, the in vogue term is vaginal rejuvenation. And it's different than some of the other procedures as far as using a laser. This is radio frequency. But it does all of the things that, you know, instead of having three or four different medicines or going to physical therapy for, they can work in conjunction and really have a great result. Or sometimes you know, when people aren't candidates for those other things or have tried it and didn't have their the results that they were looking for, we can certainly try this procedure and help people out. So the success rate or the patient satisfaction rate is about 93, 94%, which you usually don't hear from much things like that in right. medicine. Yeah. Um, in my practice, the women that I've treated 100% have had a positive uh, outcome. Hmm. Um and again, I can't say that for 
anything. I can't nothing. I can't say nothing. Is <laughs> nothing. You know, and I think it poses as far as going into things eyes wide open. I mean, sometimes, you know, I'll look at a, a lady and say, look, this is not going to be your full answer. Mm-hmm. But the, her goal was not to have a full uh, treat or a full um, success. Yeah. Resolution mm-hmm. of it. She just wanted to get through the next year or so when her daughter was getting married and she had some other things planned and to not so that she didn't have surgery and mm-hmm. maybe delay that a little bit. And that, that was achieved. It, it's been a really great successful and it's filled a niche in my practice that I, it's another thing I can offer mm-hmm. patients. So, uh, it does have FDA clearance, uh, to help rebuild and restore blood flow to the vaginal mucosa and stimulate the um, fibroblast to create collagen and elastin so mm. that it supports the urethra more. So that's how it helps with the pelvic, uh, with the urinary incontinence. It has FDA clearance for helping with pelvic floor dysfunction to um, help those muscles have better tone so that, again, helps with uh, urinary incontinence. And so it also, with rebuilding the blood flow, therefore restores the, um, I guess, the the ability for the vaginal mucosa to function properly as far as uh, lubrication. Mm-hmm. So it's been really great. It's mm-hmm. been a good addition to the practice. Um, and I don't think many women know about it or talk sure. about it. I mean, I was the first one to to have the procedure done because I was like, I am going to do a jumping jack again. <laughs> so, um, and I can, and mm-hmm. that's great. And I just think that that is wonderful. I mean, my nurse teases me and she goes, I cannot bring you anywhere. Like you were constantly talking about this procedure, talking about vaginas. And I was like, I know, but we don't talk about it. And you don't know that there's something else other than besides creams or pills that, you know, mm-hmm. are a little bit more laborsome to use. And, sure. This is 25 minutes out of your day. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty it's pretty awesome, actually. Uh, it helps. You can also use it for different things like re-revising scars. So when, you know, women tear in delivery, that becomes a scar. It's mm-hmm. not as pliable. So this, you can actually use it to help revise that scar so that it is more um, pliable and so that it doesn't hurt. Sure. You know, well, I'm sure too. Um, I know when we were talking about the show, I was asking you like, okay, what what would you like to talk about? And you're like, I know. vaginal rejuvenation. <laughs> like, all right, all right. Well, I'm game. <laughs> I <know. laughs> oh, I don't. I definitely don't know much about vaginal rejuvenation, but I'm happy to. Um, one is, I'm sure it's a topic that um, is somewhat taboo, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like it, there's a need to. Um, um, almost like um, expose oftentimes even the medical community community um, communicates like wrong um, expectations like after birth or um, whether it be the medical community or just the general public of, of like, Oh, you've had, you know, three kids and um, you know, how, you know, your distress incontinence or, you know, you can't do jumping jacks. It's like, welcome to the club kind of thing. That's exactly. how all of us are. And it's just kind of part of the price you pay for having children Right. Um, but, um, but like you said, it's, um, oftentimes a topic that's a little, yeah, obviously a little bit more sensitive. Um, but, um, there's options out mm-hmm. there. So, um, uh, when you brought up the, the topic, I was happy to 
bring it on Thanks. the show so <laughs> that, um, you know, that, you know, if we have, um, you know, hopefully some women listeners that are intrigued, you know, and, and, um, maybe haven't had, um, opportunities to bring it up you know in a physician practice that's a little bit more faster pace right mm-hmm. but i imagine that would be hard to get to a sensitive topic right um when um when it's a little bit more rushed mm-hmm. um there has to be i'm sure a comfort level um of discussion to to want to communicate that you know no this is not how it has to be um but there are you know options it's just a matter of finding what the best one is for you, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so with, um, you mentioned earlier as far as um, uh, there being certain people that are maybe more candidates like for um, the Otiva treatment. Mm-hmm. Are there certain things that would make somebody more of a candidate versus less of a candidate? I think it's, you know, certainly uh, you can't have a, like a stimulator, like a bladder stimulator or something, another electrode, basically, you know. Um, I've had patients with the mesh that we have done the procedure for, even though um, I've talked with a number of urologists and, you know, they've all said, hey, as long as it's not through the vaginal wall and you can't feel it, Mm -hmm. then, you know, because the waves don't go deep and you're not going to damage your organs, you're not going to do any of that. So... Uh, it's safe to do the procedure. You always want to have a pap smear that's normal, um, so you don't want to do it on somebody that has an abnormal pap smear. So we always want that on file within two years, even if you're over the age of when you can stop forever having pap smears. We, that's still that would make me sleep easier at night. Sure. Um, you know, it is. It's not for those women who some people have. Uh, too much tone, too much pelvic floor tone. And so this actually helps tighten it. So that's not the right patient mm-hmm. to do this for. Um, but somebody with um, that type of presentation, what do you, how do you treat that? Like too much tone? Too much tone? Mm-hmm. I think that's a lot. Um, a lot of the times they need a lot of different uh, help between GYN, between physical therapy, mm-hmm. and sometimes even counseling. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But, I mean, it works really well for people who are, you know, just had a baby. Obviously, let yourself heal all the way, Mm -hmm. right? But within a couple of months, you know, you can certainly use this procedure to help out. Um, It even does cool things for stretch marks, you know, Mm -hmm. so that's pretty cool, too. I think it's honestly, most women are are candidates, honestly. Mm -hmm. I mean, whether you've had kids or not, still hormones change. And it can do different things to the mucosa as far as not has having as much estrogen support with and in the tissue and the mucosa get more thin and fragile. So rebuilding that and getting it back to normal function is, is what it's about. Mm. So um, as far as the treatment itself, what what could somebody like expect like out of the treatment goes or is there yeah. certain like, is it kind of one and done or like do you find there's a certain kind of um, recommendation frequency or do you uh, talk a little bit more about that? Sure. Um, I ask that people shave the area about two to four days prior to uh, the procedure. Um, Not that 
it's going to hurt or do anything bad. It's just that sometimes, you know, obviously when you have a, uh, a wand that has conductors and it's surrounded by plastic, sometimes, you know, hair gets pulled and mm-hmm. I don't want to put people through any other discomfort than I have to. And the idea is that you heat the skin up to a certain temperature. So if you're not getting full contact with the skin, then it's not as effective. Right. So that would be the only prep. You don't have any, anything else that lasts 25 minutes. Um, it takes 25 minutes to go it takes through the takes 25 minutes mm-hmm. for me to do the procedure. Mm-hmm. There's no pain at all. Um, do you feel the warmth? You do feel the warmth mm-hmm. on the external, but you really don't feel anything but kind of pressure on mm-hmm. the internal. So there's no pain at all. I know that it's more anxiety-provoking as far as, wait, there's no pain, there's no what, but it's capped at 107 degrees. So your water heater is at 120. That's kind of how I put it okay. for people. It's like a warm bath when mm-hmm. you're sitting there and going like, ah, it might be hot. No, it's not, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's no uh, restrictions on your activity afterwards. We just ask that you don't have intercourse for two days. That's it. I can go up, go work out, go to a grocery store, just do whatever. So it's really neat. I've got um, ladies who have been. Very, um, I'm thankful that they've let me take before and after pictures, obviously anonymously and with their permission. Mm-hmm. But for educational uses, they, because at this point I got, these are my cases. This is what I've done. These are my results. And um, it's really remarkable. Mm. It's like a magic eraser, Mr. Clean magic mm. eraser, you know, and it, it does remarkable things. So it's three, the initial treatment is, uh, three sessions, one month apart. Okay. And then I leave it up to them about when they start feeling symptoms again. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, it's recommended by companies and some of the GYNs that uh, also do this procedure that you do it a touch up every two to or two to three times a year. I've just not had that experience as far as I've been doing this about 16 months now. Mm-hmm. And I just a couple months ago, I just started doing touch ups. And I've been calling the people that I've first initially done the procedure on just to touch base with them. Like, mm-hmm. hey, how are you doing? Are you having anything at all that would make you think like, hey, I probably should do a touch-up? Because obviously you don't want to get back to where you were before. Sure. You know, so. Um, and a touch-up is usually just a treatment. One, one treatment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, um, so most people um, going through uh, once a month treatment for three months um, is will take care of. Um, really most things it mm-hmm. sounds like and yep. brings with the, the success rate that you mentioned, what, 93% or? Yeah, patient satisfaction rate about 93%. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you too, and I know I heard on the radio um, as far as, uh, I don't know if there's any um, similarities as far as the wave for men for erectile dysfunction um, is is the technology is it similar or uh, I'm just wondering and on that front yeah no it's totally different it's okay. a low wave or low frequency it's lithotripsy actually okay so um, I don't know maybe they'll do some more studies with the radio frequency I mean the, the concept seems that it should have some a positive thing you know if we're talking blood flow right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so um yeah, I guess we'll see. Right. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, um, 
is um I don't know if we've talked about um Botiva and treatment. Is there anything else that you'd like to add before we move on to the next segment? Um finish with our little rapid fire questions. Oh, not really. Just uh you know, it, with it becomes some aesthetic stuff that you can do with the the Votiva and that platform. Um, and that's just fun stuff as far as helping with, you know, scar revisions or if somebody has acne scars or uh, stretch marks or anything like, else like that. So it really does tighten and tone hmm. the entire the skin that you're treating. Hmm. Wow. So, but that's kind of just fun and on, uh, on the aesthetic side, I guess. Mm-hmm. So. Have you, have you, um, I guess, used it in, in those purposes? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and what's really neat about it is that this is one of the few skin procedures, I guess, that people of a darker skin complexion can use without fear of getting scarring. Mm-hmm. So, because that's usually not an option mm-hmm. for them. So, um, it's neat. Awesome. It's really cool. Well, um, well, um, after we get through the rapid fire, we'll um, make sure to get your contact information so okay. uh, people um, yeah, are listening and interested. And um, do um, before we do that though, do you um, if somebody was interested, in, um, do you usually do some sort of like first appointment consultation, or how does like if somebody yep. wanted to take that next step, what would that next step be? Just call the office. We'll get you set up for an appointment, and I'll do your full history and physical and make sure, Hey, this is, you know, your expectations or concerns will be adequately addressed with the procedure. I mean, I don't want to, you know, obviously you got to pick your patient and the procedure have to Mm -hmm. match. So, Mm -hmm. but yeah, we'll take it from there. Just say, Hey, I heard it on the stay healthy podcast. And so we'll, we'll take it from there. Okay. Um, all right. Well, um, like to transition with all our uh, guests, uh, getting some of uh, some rapid fire kind of questions, answers about Knoxville specific um, okay. things they enjoy. Um, so, uh, Doctor Ao, the first question is: um, What's um, one of the favorite places maybe you have not been to, kind of on your bucket list for Knoxville, East Tennessee, uh, that you would like to go experience? I really want to go to that Lost Sea tour. Mm-hmm. I think that would be pretty cool. I think the boys would enjoy that too. And I also, because I think Ruby Falls is pretty darn close to that. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to take him to that too. Yeah. I went, yeah. Um, and I was um, elementary school growing up here in Knoxville. You know, it was probably, I don't know, third grade. That's my memory of like the Lossy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of one of those things like you still remember it from a perspective of, you know, a 10 year old. Right. Know, type and thing, everything so. is huge. Right. So, um, but, um, yeah, that's the place I'd like to go back just to see how, like, you know, my memories of it, like, how real they actually are. But, um, but yeah, I remember getting on the, man, that was, um, I'm uh, 36, so it was a while ago, 20-something years ago. So I how much it's changed. <laughs> yeah. probably has, it was one of those probably hasn't changed that much because <laughs> the natural um, phenomenon. Um, all right, the last, that's a good one. I haven't had the last C yeah. um, mentioned as far as I guess, so that's a new one. Yeah. Um, well, um, what's as far as one of your favorite places to go to to um, enjoy uh, outside around Knoxville, your go-to spot? Crazy enough, it's actually Lakeshore Park. I think it has spectacular views right up at the top of the, um, I don't know, the walking path. Mm-hmm. And I, sometimes whenever I just need to sit and think, I'll just sit on that bench 
provided nobody else is on there, I guess, but um, overlooking the river and the mountains. And But uh, the boys play soccer there a lot, so mm-hmm. I walk around there. I used to do it a lot when they were babies and pushing strollers everywhere. But um, I think it just has a nice variety of stuff, mm-hmm. and it's close. Yeah, it's easy to get to. And yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, all right. And then uh, what's uh, your favorite restaurant, Knoxville restaurant? Well, we just tried uh, Elkmont Brewery the other night, okay. and that actually had some really nice food. I liked it. Plus, they had some New Orleans like fried boudin balls, so I had to have that. What's for sure. um, a boudin, a boudin ball? ball. <laughs> yeah, so it's a concoction of just meat and spices and seasoning, and usually you, you like make it ball? into a like what? A meat, like a meatball? I, I mean, I guess. <laughs> okay. But it... <laughs> Um, but it's usually in sausage links, okay. right? And but you don't eat the casing typically, but you'll bake it and and then kind of uh, just get the inside out. Okay. Really. Um, but a boudin ball is you take the filler, and I mean I guess it's sort of like a meatball, but it tastes nothing like a meatball. I don't know <laughs> okay. how to else to explain it. Okay. I guess you'll have to go. Um, yeah, you just have to go. Yeah. Brewery and try. Yeah, just their, try their boudin balls. Boudin balls. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we got to even. More than your favorite restaurant, favorite dish, or yeah, it was pretty good. Recommend to, yeah, it was really good to try. I'll have to try that out. Um, and um, yeah, I'd like to end with uh, what's your best recommendation tip for staying healthy for our listeners here in Knoxville? It's going to be pretty boring, um, but I think it really all comes down to uh, diet and exercise. And I cringe when I even have to say that because I mean, it's not the answer I want either, but it's certainly true. Mm-hmm. And over and over and over again, that's the that's the outcomes of studies over and over is mm-hmm. diet and exercise. Yeah. So, so many people try to like kind of bypass that piece. Yeah. And kind of move on to I the mean, next thing. I kind of do. I would love to bypass it. Mm-hmm. I and mean, sometimes, you know, I just told you before that we recorded this, I just ate it chocolate-covered piece of toffee. Probably not on the diet and exercise list, but it was sure yummy. So, um, but, yeah, I think that's the basic key is diet and exercise. Definitely. All right. Um, well, uh, Dr. Ayo, thanks uh, for coming on the show. For people that are interested in um, either your your practice, um, you know, concierge medicine or your other, you know, treatments like Votiva, things that you do, as well, what's the best way for them to find out more to contact you guys? Probably the easiest is the website. It's www.fhcplc.com, or you can Google my name, and, and that'll how come do you spell up. Spell your name. Oh, R A Y E hyphen A N N E last name A Y O. I know that's very right. southern. Um, and um, you have to get the hyphen in there. I'm, yeah. I'm a hyphenated name too, so we share some like uh, <laughs> yeah, take it we have some like deep connection with mm. our hyphen hyphenated first name. So yeah, but, I mean, there's I was yeah, this is going to be a good podcast when I saw that hyphen. Right, yeah, to have the hyphen. So everything's on there. Either you know links to either the procedures, the phone number, requesting an appointment. Everything's on there. Okay, and we'll put um a link in the show notes um that you can find uh, with. Your guys' uh, phone number. What's your phone number, too? It's 865-675-4342. Okay. Uh, but we'll put all that in the show notes for people um, to look up if they didn't, didn't catch that. Uh, so where they can access um, Dr. Ao and find out more about her services and her practice and how she helps to serve uh, the Knoxville area with her expertise in medicine. 
So thanks so much. Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me for sure. We appreciate our listeners. Um, uh, let somebody else know about uh, here in Knoxville about stay healthy in Knoxville. We love to um, spread the word about um, spreading health and um, good practices and um, ways to tap into uh, what Knoxville has to offer here um, locally. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Stay Healthy Knoxville podcast brought to you by Simply Physio. If your pain is preventing you from staying healthy and active and you'd like to avoid surgery, pain medicine, or just want to get back to doing the things you love in and around Knoxville, we offer both a free ebook and free over-the-phone consultation to help you figure out the root cause of your pain and the next best steps for resolving it. Find our ebooks online at simplypt.com/health-tips. There you will find ebooks for topics such as neck and shoulder pain, lower back and hip pain, knee pain, and TMJ. These quick-to-read reports will provide you with expert tips, tricks, and exercises to help solve your pain from the comfort of your own home. Just visit simplypt.com slash health-tips to download your ebook and have it delivered directly to your inbox. We also offer free, no-obligation phone consultations with a doctor of physical therapy to Knoxville area residents. Just call us at 865-351-0615 or visit us at simplypt.com and click the Talk to a PT button on the home page to schedule a call with us. Thanks again for joining us, and we will see you next time on the Stay Healthy Knoxville podcast. Humble Pod Production. Stay humble.